I want to welcome all of you and all of our campuses to the sixth week of our series entitled Be Happy. Come on, let's just welcome all of our campuses. Man, it's so good. So good to have you. Give me a little volume just up front if you guys can do that. Well, I trust you guys have come ready to study the Bible. How many of y'all love learning the Bible? Come on, anybody? Yes. You know, one of the things that we love to do here at Church of the King is we love to teach through the Scripture. We believe that the Bible changes people's lives. And I like to do series. If you're a guest here, if you're new, uh, that's what we do here. We do three-week, four-week, five-week. This is actually the longest series I've ever done, eight weeks. Uh, I do want to say to those here at Little Creek and every one of our campuses, it's not too late to invite somebody to church next week. Again, this is Palm Sunday weekend. We're so honored to have all of you with us. The two easiest times of the year to invite somebody to church are Christmas Eve and... uh, Easter. And we got a whole bunch. We got 26 services at all of our campuses. I'm not going to be preaching every one of those, uh, but I'm going to be probably about eight of them. And uh, so we're so thrilled. Please invite somebody to church. All right. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. We are in a series, eight week series on the Beatitudes. I trust it's been a helpful series for you guys. It has for me. Today, we are looking at the sixth beatitude. Next week, Easter. Following week, we're going to have the week after Easter, uh, Jimmy Evans. Uh, The Four Laws of Love. He's a national speaker. Incredible. Uh, Marriage Today is one of the premier marriage teachers in the nation. It's a a relationship talk. It's going to be powerful. Then I'm going to come back to uh, beatitude number seven and eight. Today I want to talk to you about something that we all so desperately need, and that's a healthy heart, a healthy heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, here's what Jesus said. He's teaching on the Mount of Beatitudes, and he's teaching his disciples. Very first sermon, very first part of his first sermon. He said, blessed are the, everybody say it, pure in heart for they shall see God. Jesus is saying, when you and I, when we have a heart that is undivided, undistracted, undiluted, when our heart is pure before God, watch this, we will see God. Have you ever thought about that connection before? When your heart is pure before God, you actually am able to see the handiwork of God in your life. Pastor, I just don't know what's going on. I I just, it's like I don't ever see God really moving and working in my life. (laughs) Blessed are those whose heart is pure before God. I didn't say sinless. We all blow it. But I did say pure. We're going to talk about what is a pure heart. The Bible says those people, they're going to see God. So in other words, there's something about our spiritual sight and a pure heart being connected. I want to see God move in my life. I want to see God answer prayers. And some prayers, it's real fast. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you pray a prayer, man, it happens real fast. Sometimes it's been years. Some of you guys, it's been decades. But we see the handiwork of God. I want to see when I pray. I want to see when I believe God. I want to see God actually show up in my life. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
They shall see God. They shall have an encounter with God, but they shall see God moving in their life. You know, it's interesting when I was thinking about the progression, and by the way, I do believe it's a progression. Week one, we we talked about uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to think about this, the heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who have a humble heart, for they're they're going to, well, they're going to experience something. Uh, Then week two, we we talked about, blessed are those who have the mourn, they have a tender heart. Week three, the meek, they have a gentle heart. Week four, those that have a hungry heart. Last week, those that have a merciful heart. Have you guys seen the connection there? God's interested in our hearts. God is interested because out of the heart, what happens on the inside of us? By the way, nobody can see that, right? The spiritual, the deepest part of who you are. Blessed are those that are pure in heart. There, there's something about when somebody's heart before God is pure. Not perfect, not sinless, but pure. They're innocent before God. Childlike in their faith, trusting of God. The question that I have for all of us The question I believe that Jesus has for us today is, what's our heart condition? What is a heart condition? You know, it's interesting. There's so much conversation that we hear in our culture about the physical heart. Again, those of you that go into, uh, been to a heart doctor, I've been to a heart doctor. So so many of you, particularly as you get older in life, you go to a heart doctor. It's kind of one of the things you do. And, uh, and, and, you, and you go for a checkup, and it's really interesting, it's very important, the older you get, that that heart, why? Because that's the little engine, isn't that right? Now, in other words, you, you, can have, you can have everything else working, but if that physical heart gives out, you have problems. I was researching this week, and I began to see the leading cause of death in the United States, it is heart disease. All the challenges of the heart, whether it's high blood pressure, blockages, clots, arrhythmia. Some of you guys, you, you, you've experienced it where your heart, it's all out of whack. You, in other words, you, you can have your, your arms working. You can have your brain working. You can have everything working. But when the heart gives out, when your physical heart is not where it needs to be, let me tell you what it does. Number one, it limits your life. Number two is it impacts every part of your life. Your, your physical heart, is, it's so critical. And, and you know what, by the way, Jesus, the whole of the Bible could have used any other organ in our body to make the analogy. But God chose to use the human heart. And he says the deepest part of who you are is spiritually It's your spiritual heart. You ever thought about that before? He didn't say your brain. He didn't say your whatever. He said your heart. Why? Because in the same way that your physical heart, it is so essential to your physical health. Your spiritual heart, it is so critical to your spiritual health. Blessed are those who are, come on, say it, pure in heart. Question, how many of y'all want to see God working in your life? Come on, raise your hand up. 
I want to see every campus. I, I want to see God working. Pastor, I want to see God working in my life. You don't need a perfect heart. You don't need a sinless heart. You just need a, listen, you need a pure heart before God. I want to have a pure heart before God. Today, I want to talk to you about a checkup in the heart. A few years ago, it's interesting, my, my parents Within the same, really the same year, many of you know my parents at the Little Creek campus, and they, um, they, they had a heart problem, like same, like within the same short, I'm like pretty serious. My mom had arrhythmia, think she, they both almost died. And what's interesting is, is I was in my forties at the time and, uh, and it, it's kind of almost like it's out there. If you know what I'm talking about, it's like, well, that's just kind of, well, they're like 30, that's like decades away. Within the exact same period of time, my brother had a massive heart challenge. That just moved it real close. You know what I'm talking about? And guess what? Guess what I do now? I get heart checkups. Can I tell everybody something here? Listen, listen to me. Listen. People's lives spiritually are blowing up all over the place. It's real close to home. We need a spiritual heart checkup. Are y'all with me? In other words, we, we need to know what's going on on the inside of us. What is really happening in the core of our being? Today, I, I want to talk to you about the heart. I'm going to go through a lot of scripture, and I'm going to use three lessons of the heart that Jesus teaches, and this is so important. But I'm going to give you a little bit of backdrop. I'm going to teach you a scripture, actually uh, a, a portion of scripture that maybe you've not understood the context. The context of Jesus in Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Mark chapter 4. I want to talk to you about the parable of the sower, and then I'm going to go through three different encounters that Jesus had talking about the heart. We're talking about the heart. The whole goal is, how can we have a pure heart? How can we have a pure heart before God? How can we see God? How can we see God moving in our lives? How can we see God moving in our families? How can we see God moving in our community? And on and on. The parable of the sower, Jesus is down on the seashore of Galilee and a, the multitudes gather. If you actually open up in Mark chapter four, there were so many people that had come. Uh, they didn't have microphone systems then. They didn't have all that. And so one of the things they did is they would use the amplification of the water. If you read Mark chapter four, verse one, the Bible actually says that Jesus got in a boat and he pushed himself out by uh, out into the Sea of Galilee. Why? Because the, your voice would amplify over the water. And he began to teach a very important thing, a very important principle. It's the parable of the sower. A lot of times we understand the parable of the sower from the, from the sower, and we understand it from the seed, but we don't talk about the third dimension, which is actually the most important dimension. Actually, it is as important, but we neglect it. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, watch this. Jesus is teaching. We're talking about the heart. Verse three, the Bible says, Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow his, everybody say it, seed. As the farmer is scattering seed, it falls in four places, Jesus talks about. Number one, along the road. Number two, among the rocks. Number three, amidst the thorns. Number four, on good soil. I'm gonna say that again. Number one, there's a sower who is sowing seed 
and he throws it upon four different conditions. Number one, he throws it among on the road. He number two throws it among the rocks. Number three, amidst the thorns. Number four, amidst good soil. And here's where we've often not understood it. There's a sower. Who's the sower? God, listen, is the one who sows what? He sows his word in the hearts of people. Now, we can participate as instruments of God where we can declare the word of God over people's lives, whether it's a priest or a preacher or a pastor or a small group leader, we can declare the word of God. Or you can speak the word of God over your heart. The point is, there's somebody that's got to sow it and there's something that's got to be sown. And what is sown is the word of God. What's so interesting is, is that we have no control. Let me just say something. We have no control over God. God's word stands throughout eternity. God speaks his word. God's word is everywhere. God shall declare. Here's what he said. If you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. God will be glorified. We can't control God. We also can't control his word. Cultures try to control his word. The Soviet Union tried to burn Bibles years ago. But how I many you know the word of God was hidden in the hearts of people? And you can't control the word of God. It is powerful. So there's a sower. There is seed. There is also, come on, say it, soil. What is a soil, pastor? The soil, that's the human heart. It's the one thing that we can actually control. We have a decision to allow the word of God to come in our hearts. We have a decision to allow weeds to grow up in our lives. Bitterness and envy and jealousy and, and fear. And we, we, in other words, we have the choice to watch over our heart. One of the scriptures is so powerful in the book of Proverbs. I love this scripture. Here's what it says. It says, above all else, above all else. Above all else, guard your, everybody say it, heart. Had a guy one time in our church, he says, Pastor, he says, I'm going to tell you something. I got a good attorney. I got a good CPA. And I got me a real good cardiologist. He was an older guy in the church. He goes, let me tell you something. I got my attorney on speed dial. He's a business guy. He goes, I got my attorney on speed dial. He goes, I got my CPA on speed dial. He goes, let me tell you something. I got my cardiologist on speed dial. How I many you know that ought to be the first number we got? You know, in the same way, the Bible identifies the most important priority in our lives is to watch over our heart. Question, I'm asking everybody, every campus, how's your heart? Have you been watching over your heart? Because here's what the Bible says, out of your heart, all the issues of life flow. Everybody say this, happier those? Come on, every campus, say it. Happy are those who have a pure heart, for they shall see God. I'll ask one more time, how many I want to see God moving in your life? Come on, I want to see God moving in my life. We've got to have a pure heart. We've got to have a pure heart before God. We see here in the parable of the sower that the soil, the growing conditions are very different for the four scenarios. The seed was number one sowed along the road that and he sowed the word, and the enemy came to steal the word of God. How I many you know the moment you get 
excited about the Bible, the enemy wants to come attack. Number two, the word was also sown where? So it was sown into a soil and it was received, but it didn't have roots, so it didn't spring up. Number three, it was sown in good soil and it sprung up 30, 60, and 100 fold, but there's another soil in the thorny soil. Look at verse 18 and 19. These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word in the cares of this world talking about the enemies of the heart. Stay with me. I'm leaning in now. I got 17, 18 minutes. I need everybody to lean in. I'm talking about getting out of our hearts, what needs to get out of our hearts so that we can have a pure heart so that we can see God moving in our lives. So we can see God. These are the things. These are the enemies of the heart. I'm about to preach straight from the Bible, what Jesus said. Number one, this is enemies of the soil. It restricted the word. It hurt the impact. Why? The problem's not in the sower. The problem's not in the seed. The word doesn't change. The problem's in the soil. It's the heart. These are the ones who are sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world. Everybody say the cares of this world. Number two, everybody say the deceitfulness of riches. Number three, everybody say, the desire for other things. It enters in and it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, it, in other words, it stops the growth of the word because the soil is not right. Oh, pastor, I never realized that I had a part to play. Well, you know, just, you know, well, the Bible you know, just the Bible's not really working in my life. No, 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 no. The Bible's worked for 2,000 years, actually 3,000 years in people's lives. Are you with me? The problem's not the seed. The problem's not the seed. The problem's not the seed. The problem is the soil. There's competition in your heart. There's things competing for your heart. There's contaminants in the soil. Oh, man, I'm trying to get everybody's attention. Jesus. Wow. Jesus is speaking of the heart. Question, how is your heart? How is your heart? Do you have your spiritual cardiologist, Jesus, on the speed dial? Speed dial. I got to make sure my heart's good. I got to make sure because out of my heart springs the issues of life. All right. The remainder of my time, I'm going to give you three heart checkups. You guys ready? Jesus gives three heart checkups. Number one, first question, write this down. Everybody write this down. Every campus, write this down. All those that are online, write this down. Here it is. You guys ready? Number one, is your heart distracted? Remember, it was distraction, division, dilution. A distracted heart, a divided heart, a diluted heart. Contaminants in the soil. Verse 19, the cares of this world choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Jesus is clearly saying our heart focus can be distracted by the cares of this life. It's not all the evil things. It's not just pornography. It's not evil stuff. It's not being involved in witchcraft alone. Obviously that's wrong and evil. But sometimes we, sometimes we, we look to the the. the Obvious things that, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. Oh, I'm going to stay away from that. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I, I don't want to allow that. But, but Jesus talked about much more of a subtle enemy than just the overt obvious threats. 
He talked about cares and worries. Wow. The word care in the original Greek is mirimana. And it actually means to be drawn in different directions, to carry anxiety about things pertaining to this earthly life. How many times if I talk to people, even in this last year, talk about a heart pain, talk about what's going on in our heart, the cares of this life, the things that we're even outside of us, the anxieties of life. People are exhausted because of all the anxiety even in our culture. And it, and it wants to move and jump into our hearts. Whether it's, whether it's all the medical challenges, real life medical challenges that, that, that our culture has dealt with. There's, there's real life economic challenges. There's real life political division everywhere. There's real life racial tension. There's real stuff. And the heaviness of that. And the weightiness of that. Oh man, if, you, if, you're, if you're carrying that around all day long. Not to mention your own personal concerns. Your family. Your marriage. Your kids. Your challenges. The Bible talks about. It talks about. It, 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 can, it can invade the soil. The nutrients of the soil of the heart. And heaviness can come. And distraction. And our once passion for God, one of the greatest concerns I've had as a pastor during COVID-19 is, is how disconnected. And I understand for medical reasons, people have had to stay home. But if you're staying home, listen to me, for health reasons, that's okay. But if you're staying home for a habit, you need to be in the house of God. You need to be in the house of God. Because we need one another. Distraction enters in. You need the body of Christ. We need one another being around us. There's a story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. Jesus talks about two sisters and how distraction can keep us away from having a pure heart before God. Luke chapter 10, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard the word, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried. There it is. There's the word. You're worried. You're distracted. God, listen, it's not that Jesus is not interested in our concerns. He's concerned about your son. He's concerned about your daughter. He's concerned about your family situation. He is, of course he is. But he doesn't want that concern to so consume your heart and it steals your passion for Christ. It happened right here. Right here. He says, you're worried and you're troubled about many things. Many things. Many things. Some of us, I've got to tell you something, and I say this respectfully, I have had to turn off the news so I stay pure before God. I, I, I mean, just, I want to say this to everybody. Please manage and monitor. You're mad at one group. You want to punch the TV the next thing. You're upset about this. You're texting 15 different friends. Trust me, we need detox. How many of y'all need a detox? Come on, from negative stuff. I, I, and I don't care what news station you listen to, which one it is. I mean, I don't care. We all need a detox. Because our heart is contaminated. <sighs> Jesus says, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away. The passage reveals a lot about dealing with the cares of life. He said, there's three things that choke the word. Number one, the cares of life. 
the cares of life. And there was a distraction. Question, are you, how, how's your, have you been distracted? I see more people distracted. They, 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 now that they were able to come back to church, well, I'm just distracted. We're out of rhythm. We're out of pattern. We're out of habit. We're not connected. Here's what I found. The longer you stay away from the body of Christ, it's not hard to start thinking crazy thoughts about God. Can I just say that in church? It's, you just start thinking crazy things. Your hair turns green. You start memorizing things that are just not even, you just don't even, you're not reading scripture. You're not in community. You have no prayer power. People are not with you. I get weird when I isolate from the body of Christ. I do. And, and it's distraction. People are distracted. They're distracted everywhere in our culture. We've got to be in God's word. There's something about in the morning time when I go before God, I go, to, I go see my cardiologist. His name's Jesus. And I got him on the speed dial. And I call him up. And I said, God, what do, you want to, what do you want to do in my life? Oh, man, he wants to do a lot. Trust me, Pastor Steve's in process. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm in process. And I'm, God's working on me. He's working on me. But I'm going to tell you something. As long as I'm a Martha out there distracted, can I tell you something? He can't get my, his word in my soil called the heart. <sighs> Number one, is your heart distracted? Number two, let me give you the second thing. Is your heart divided? Is your heart divided? Look at verse 19. Stay with me. The deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This is a pretty heavy one in our culture. And I think we need biblical perspective on this. Jesus identifies another heart condition. It's the excessive pursuit. Listen to me closely. I want everybody to hear me. Don't tune me out. I got seven minutes. Listen to every word I'm about to say. The excessive, excessive pursuit of success, achievement, and wealth. The inordinate pursuit of wealth at the expense of God and core relationships. Your heart gets twisted. I've said this for years. God doesn't have a problem with you having money. Matter of fact, he blesses people with spiritual and material things. But I'm going to tell you something. He has a problem with money having you. And I've seen people that have had a passion for Christ and a love for God, and they've allowed their heart to get contaminated. They've allowed their heart. There's a story Jesus tells about the rich young ruler. And it's interesting in Mark chapter 10. It's actually six chapters after what Mark 4 is. In Mark chapter 10, is, by the way, to be rich and young and a ruler in Bible times, very rare. This guy was super influential. And he came up to Jesus one day and he asked a good question. Good teacher, rabbi, master. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Pretty good question. And Jesus, the master cardiologist, looked at his heart. And he thought, wait a minute. Remember, there's only two gods. Jesus or money and all the stuff. Every, just stuff. Jesus said in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 10, he says, then Jesus looking at him, loved him. He loved him. Yeah. I think Jesus looks at business people. I think Jesus looks at everybody. But this was a young ruler, very gifted, very influential. He didn't shame him. He loved him. And he said to him, one thing you like, just one. Go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at his word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 
When this young man stood before Jesus, Jesus asked him to put down his inordinate pursuit of wealth. Jesus didn't have a problem with this young man having money. This young man, money had him. And what he realized was, and by the way, by the way, by the way, you need to read the end of Mark chapter 10. Read down about 10 verses. Here's what he said. No man has given away this and this and this, will not receive in this life a hundredfold and in the life to come. He had a desire to bless him. He wanted to prosper. The problem was that young man had put so much into his job, so much into making money, so much. His family was neglected. His heart was neglected before God. And God was saying this, if I can get your heart, I want you to be blessed. The problem is your heart. How many Christian people I know, God, God saved them, God delivered them. They started learning the Bible. They started learning how God wants to bless them. And their, there was a shift in their heart. Money brings power, it brings influence, it brings options. And yes, God wants to bless people with money. But I'm telling you, you've got to keep money your servant, not your God. And it was his God. And Jesus was concerned about his heart. He saw that young man enslaved. Oh, to see a prosperous family, a businesswoman or businessman that understands the kingdom and, and God blesses them and prospers them and entrusts them with wealth. But they keep wealth down here as a servant and a tool. And they keep their heart focused on God. Oh man, it's so beautiful. God wants to bless you. He doesn't want that blessing to become a curse though. You know, I have the opportunity. This is pretty crazy. Oral Roberts University has been in the news lately. Have y'all noticed? They're playing in, of course, the Sweet 16 basketball tournament. Now. And, and uh, I've had the privilege of being on the board of Oral Roberts University for the last six years. And um, I don't know why I'm on the board. I don't I mean, these all these big, powerful people. You know, I felt like a Vienna sausage at Roos Chris Steakhouse, you know, just to be honest. I thought, what am I doing there? You know, all these big powerful, I thought, you know, ah, excuse me. And I'm just to be honest, uh, <laughs> you know, we started in, uh, across from Waffle House in Abita Springs, but anyway. <laughs> and one of the guys around the table is Mark Green. He's a billionaire, billion. Google it, $6.7 billion. By the way, when Oral Roberts University was about to close in 2008, it was 30 days away from going. That family stepped in. That family gave, I cannot even tell you how, to save that university. And you know what? They're the most humble people in the world. You ever met a, a, have you ever been around a billionaire where money's in his hand but not in his heart? Who did y'all feel that? Yeah. He's the most humble, generous. I'm like, Mark, I just... God's, I mean, I'm, God's not calling me into business, but, 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 but I want that same spirit in, in, in ministry. Because God, listen to me, please hear me. Number one, anxieties and worries and all the stuff in culture wants to get in your heart. Number two, money wants to get in your heart. Let it keep, keep it in your hands and don't let it get in your heart. And God will put a lot in your hands. All right, here we go, last one. Is your heart diluted? Is it diluted? <sighs> Everybody say distracted. Everybody say divided. Everybody say diluted. 
Mark chapter four, verse 19, the desire for other things enters in, chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Jesus kind of moved from preaching to meddling on this one. You know, I do that sometimes. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. You guys have a room in your house that just kind of is that room? How about your garage that accumulates things? You guys have, anybody have that? Yeah. You know, I'm a pack rat. I keep things. I keep things forever. I keep things beyond the rapture. I keep things for the antichrist, I guess, in the new millennium or whoever else is here. I don't know. I just, I just pack things and keep things and I just have things. My wife, she's like, Steve, why are you keeping that? Hunting outfits and different things. And I just, well, we may need that. Are, are you, is anybody, we've got boxes. We've got every part in our attics and stuff. And it's, and, and here's, I, and the other day I needed something very, very valuable that I had. but I couldn't find it because of all the clutter. In other words, my room had so much in it. My garage had so much in it. It was that precious thing. I couldn't even find it because there was so much there. (laughs) Is there so much in your heart that that intimacy that first love when you first met Christ. Come on, the book of Revelations talks about that. Return to your first love. That first passion, that first love. Is, is, there, is there so much there that we can't? We're looking for that precious thing, but we can't find it because the clutter. Distraction, divided, diluted. The last story is of a woman who comes to Jesus. It's actually the opposite. I wanted to give you the positive. A negative, a negative, and here's the positive. Somebody that didn't have a diluted heart, but an undiluted heart. She came to Jesus, and she was going to prepare him for burial, or for, for the cross, and for what was about to happen. And she had this very savory fragrance, this fat, this bottle of perfume oil. Very, very expensive. She walked in in Mark chapter 16. And she had this oil and she broke it. And everybody's like, what is this woman doing? And then she put it on the head of Jesus. And that oil began to flow down. And everybody's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're wasting that. What are you doing? What are you doing? She walked right past the crowd, right past all the people going, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Hey, hey, what's up? What, what's going on? And she anointed him. And the Bible says in verse 6, let her alone. Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Surely I say to you, whatever this, wherever, 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 in Mandeville, in Atlanta, in Biloxi, Bay St. Louis, in Mumbai, in Hyderabad, wherever, in Cairo, wherever, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial. Why? Because she was 100% all in in her devotion to Christ. Her heart was pure before God. 
I'm not letting distractions. I'm not going to let, listen, I'm not going to let the inordinate des- desire for wealth where it moves from my hands into my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my most expensive thing and I'm going to anoint the body of Jesus. And I'm going to let it come down. Yeah. What you've done is a good thing. People may mock you. They may make fun of you. They may call you whatever. Be all in with God. Be all, yes, he wants to bless you. Yes, he wants you to enjoy life. Yes, he wants you to enjoy all the different things of life. But be, be all in with Christ. Watch your heart. Psalms 139. The prayer is search me. Search me. Everyone say search me. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Know my heart. Know my heart. God, get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Undistract, distraction, get it out. Dilution, get, get it out. I want to see God. I want to see God move in my life. Let's bow our heads. Can we do that? All of our campuses. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, I just want to just take a moment. This Palm Sunday weekend, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. Jesus cares about you. If you do not know Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, I literally have one minute. I'm going to ask you, Pastor, if you, I'm not sure about my relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you died, you're ready to stand before God? The count of three, would you just lift your hand up? I say, Pastor, I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me. I want to be at peace with God. If that's you, every campus, one two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high so I can see it. God bless you, ma'am, right here. God bless you right there. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, honey. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you guys up top. Church, let's pray. Can we pray with those that are trusting Christ right now? Come on, every one of our campuses. Let's just pray together. Let's say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you, I want you to say this, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. And let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit, the word of the living God, taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Give me 30 more seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ, there's a card behind your chair called My Decision. Why am I asking you to fill that out? I'm going to ask you to fill it out. By the way, all the buckets on all the way out. You can play every campus. You place it in there. I want to send you a letter. Talk about what it means to follow Jesus on a daily basis. You can also text DECISION to 822-822. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Everybody to stand if you would. Anybody received anything from that message today? Did that help anybody out? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now. Our prayer team, if you need prayer for any needs, we are here for you. The worship team continues to play. Please feel forward and come get prayer. Please feel free to come forward. Father, bless your people. Lord, give us pure hearts. Lord, we want everything out of the soil that needs to be taken out so that we can see you moving in our lives. Bless your people as they go forth this day in Jesus' name. Everybody said, please come forward if you need prayer. We love you guys. Hey, I'll see you this weekend for Easter. God bless.
What another incredible message in our Be Happy series. I hope you guys are enjoying this and I really look forward to Easter next weekend. That's right, and as we're talking about Easter, remember this, Easter is an incredible time to be able to invite your friends and your family. So go ahead, if you're at a part of our church online campus, grab the link, share it with them. I promise you, they'll come. And we can't wait to see them there. That's right, we do hope you'll invite a friend and join us next week for Easter Sunday. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Join our church online Facebook group, or you can email us anytime at online at churchthekingcom Have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend.